Hey guys, it's your girl Aisa. Welcome to another Speaking Snack by Seek to Speak, where we chronicle easy speaking tips and bite-sized digestible portions in order to help listeners better verbalize themselves and their stories. And this week, we are going to discuss brainstorming blitz. Have you ever been in a situation where you were short of ideas and you couldn't come up with the right amount of content for the speech that you're going for? So what we're going to be learning today is how to change perspectives in order to gain ideas. And we're going to do this for both persuasive as well as informative speeches. So please stick around. Seek to speak. Let's start with this basic idea that humans by nature we're very prone to generalizing or categorizing things because it's easier for us to make sense of the world when we put things in categories. So when we see people with different features or they're born with different body parts, we'll say, all right, you are a male and you are a female. When we see other people with various other physical features, language, culture, all right, you are of this race, you are of this nationality. The reason we do this is because it helps us regulate how we see and how we experience things. That's why there are a lot of things that are socially constructed, like government, money, All of these social constructs, as well as concepts, are just a way for us to sort of simplify the way we view things. So when I was researching about how to treat topics as well as to organize information, I was reading up about how books were teaching speakers to do so. So what they did was, they said that if you have an informative speech, first of all, you need to do the human thing of categorizing what that topic is. Is that topic a concept, object, process, or an event? So let's say it's a concept, an idea, a theory, or belief. Let's say like democracy, or beauty, or unity. Then you should organize your information in a topical way. It could be like um, principles, it could be like features, it could be advantages or disadvantages, anything with a relationship with the topics. But If your subject matter is a process, which is a series of actions that lead to a specific result, like applying for a loan or directions to a specific location, you should use the method of chronological way of organizing your information step by step because that makes it easier. Or let's say your topic is Donald Trump or a handphone or a monkey. then your subject matter is an object. It is a tangible asset or item, alive or inanimate. In that manner, you can either arrange your information in a spatial way where you describe the physical characteristics of the object or you can go back to topical and decide to speak about it in a topical way. And lastly, a subject matter can also be an event, something that may happen or is happening or has happened. For example, like Christmas, birthdays, family days, school exams, that again can be arranged in a topical way. And my mind was blown because I was like, why do we need to categorize topics like that? And then I realized that the book thought that it would be easier for us to organize information if we know that the subject matter is either a concept process or object or event because logically if the subject matter is a process then you should arrange your information chronologically but instead I found this method very limiting because I feel like then a topic is only that one thing 
if you get the topic democracy, it is only a concept. And we are going to talk about it only as a concept. So instead, use these categories in order to instigate further ideas during your brainstorming period. So when you get a topic, actually force your mind to see it as more than just a concept but a process, object, and even an event. So let's go back to the example of democracy. So on the get-go, your mind will automatically be like, okay, democracy is an idea. It is a concept. It's intangible. Let's talk about the principles of democracy, the history of democracy. But instead, why don't you force your mind to think about democracy as not just a concept, but a process, object, as well as event. When is that process carried out? The voting process. When does it happen? once every four years or it can be an event an election day when does it happen for malaysia in other countries for example in india it actually happens for a long period of time because there are a lot of people in india and there are a lot of places that are very difficult to get to or you can talk about it as an object maybe the voting polls for many countries all over the world we still use literally a pen and paper to vote and that includes Malaysia. But for other parts of the world, you actually do it electronically. So when you sort of liberate your mind from the arbitrary categorizations that public speaking books or in fact the world places on certain topics, you actually get a lot more ideas. So my advice is when you're kind of stuck on what to talk about, and this applies especially for impromptu speeches, when you're like, oh, I don't know what to talk about, I don't know what to talk about, think about the topic in other ways. For example, if you look at education as and as a concept, there's literally so many things that you can talk about. You get things like right to education, physical education, science, if you see it as a process, um, how to critically think, uh, creating good learning environment, how to get into Ivy League colleges. If you look at it as an object, literally everything, everything is an object. Computers as tools to educate, Puan Nirmala, my science teacher, or even an event like sports day, school play, first day of school, you know, you generate a lot more ideas this way than you do when you limit your mind in order to view your topic in a certain way. So the next time that you get a topic, especially an informative one, think about the four things that your topic could be and not what it should be. All right. So this applies for informative speeches. For persuasive speeches, generally, again, books try to tell you that persuasive speeches are divided into three types. They are either a question of value, a question of policy, or a question of fact. The reason why they said it this way is because the idea is that every speeches argues for certain things. So for example, a question of fact is speeches that argue on a particular set of facts. When you know there is a correct view, but there is insufficient information to be absolutely certain. For example, will the Hayes plague Malaysia again like next year? Likely, but it may not. So that then you argue with the facts that you have. Or it could be a question of value, speeches that make a value judgment on a subject, whether something is right or wrong, moral or immoral, just or unjust. For example, is suicide wrong? Is corporal punishment unfair? Or lastly, a persuasive speech could also discuss a question of policy, speeches that support or oppose an existing or proposed policy. This is usually when something should or shouldn't be done, like should alcohol be illegal? Should abortions be allowed? So... Public speaking books as well as public speaking experts say that, again, 
like informative speeches, persuasive speeches also fall under one of these categories. And while I think that is good to recognize these categories so that it'll be easier to explain them. For example, if you have a persuasive speech discussing a question of value, then obviously <clears throat> you got to discuss... <coughs> wow. Obviously, you got to discuss first, what is that value? You know, if you're saying something is immoral, you need to first discuss that standard of morality. And then you go on to talk about how that standard of morality is either not reached or breached in your speech. So knowing what kind of persuasive speech you're doing helps you build that speech, but it also very much limits you. What I like to think is that when you get a topic, for example, when you have, I don't know, a topic on suicide, right? And usually people think about whether or not suicide is right or wrong. But I think the real world is more than what is morally right and morally wrong. So whenever you get a topic, that you want to do a persuasive speech, try to think about these three questions. Whether or not something is moral, immoral, just or unjust, factually, whether or not it works or whether or not it will happen. And policy-wise, therefore, will it be something that we should or shouldn't implement? So like that's suicide. So instead of just making a moral judgment about why it's right or wrong, move forward to the facts as well. Ask yourself, does criminalizing suicide actually even work to decrease suicide? And then talk about policy. After you establish that whether or not suicide is just or unjust and whether or not suicide can be avoided, then you think about policy. Therefore, should suicide be decriminalized so that at least the people who fail to commit suicide don't go to jail for it and get more depressed Instead, they actually get the help that they need if they do survive. Because I don't think, well, don't quote me on this, but I don't think factually, I don't think factually making suicide illegal decreases the rate of suicide. I don't think anybody who thinks about, hey, I want to commit suicide, say, oh, no, wait, it's illegal. Mm, I'm not going to do it. I mean, obviously, don't take my word for it, but that's a factual issue that should be discussed. So this is another way to counter the idea that everything should be in categories. Instead, do a brainstorming blitz and think about every topic as making a value judgment as a policy or factually is something that could or couldn't work. In fact, forget the delineation of informative speech as well as persuasive speech. If you get any kind of ideas, like suicide, let's go back to such a depressing topic, but let's go back to that. See suicide as a concept, see it as a process, see it as an object, see it as an event. All right, you know what? Let's not talk about suicide. Let's instead talk about, I don't know, death penalty. See it as a concept. It's an irreversible punishment. It is state-sanctioned murder. What about a miscarriage of justice? See it as a process. What is the sentencing process for capital punishment? What is the investigation process? What is the burden of proof to get somebody um, hanged in Malaysia? Or see it as an object, you know, what do we use? Lethal injections, um, electric chair, or see it as an event, as an execution day. Well, this is actually equally depressing. But anyways, what I wanted to get with that is, 
when you brainstorm in this way, and it doesn't have to stop at just concept, process, object, event. You know, think about it as a question of fact, value, and policy as well. Does it really deter criminals from carrying out a crime? Whether or not it is actually effective, and then a question of value on, of whether or not it is justified, whether or not it's just, whether or not it's immoral, and then at the end of the day, answer the question of therefore, whether death penalty should continue in Malaysia for a particular set of crimes or for all crimes. It should be abolished altogether. So forget what categories these experts try to put these topics in to make it easier for you to understand. Instead, open up your mind and force your mind to sort of think of every topic in these various ways. And you'll find that you get a lot of different ideas and a lot of different perspective in order for you to create a very, very realistic but also principally sound speech. Okay, so that is it for today's speaking snack. It's a bit long, but I thought that it was important to be very clear with what I wanted to explain. If there's any other topic you want us to cover, please email me at hellosick at gmail.com or DM me at seek And I hope you have a better day than talking about suicide and death penalty. Bye!